0: So then, have a great high priest who has entered heaven. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all, this, all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There We will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when when we need it most amen and then she said and buy girl scout cookies (laughs) she is famous here for selling girl, girl scout cookies so see her afterwards we're in a series on 40 days of prayer I hope that it has had an impact on you. I can tell you that it has had an impact on me. To begin the year focusing on prayer. Prayer is a grand opportunity to step into the presence of God. You know, when you look back to the Old Testament, Ashley was asking me questions about Genesis a while ago, and then I asked her a question And she said, not at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. It was a little too deep and a little too involved. But you look at the Old Testament, and it was involved, Chris. I mean, you think about what they had to do to come into the presence of God. First of all, you had to be of the tribe of Levi. You had to be of the Aaronic priesthood. You had to be a descendant of Aaron. Grant, you come to to this place of worship. Didn't look anything like this building. And there is an area where the general people can can come. The women can only come to a certain point. And then men who are not Levites can only come to a little further. And then there is a, a door to go through, a curtain to pass through into the holy place. In that holy place, there is the showbread, there is the candlestick. Um, you step then through if you are... Of the Aaronic priesthood. And you are the high priest. There is another blue curtain. That you can pass through once a year. In order to make atonement for the people. In that the high priest when he enters Dinah. He would see the Ark of the Covenant. The top of the Ark of the Covenant was called the Mercy Seat. On top of the Mercy Seat there are two giant carved angels with their wings pointed toward each other tips almost touching and there above the mercy seat was the presence of God the Shekinah light of glory there's there are places Gail where it says in the Bible that the glory of the Lord filled the temple but Don there's not many people got to see that And for the average Joe, or maybe I should say it's Old Testament, the average Joseph or Jacob, you didn't get to go into that place. You did not get to step into the presence of God. And attempting to do so was certain death. To touch that mercy seat was certain death. Praise God we have a different arrangement today today. Because we have a new priesthood, a new high priest, and a way that we can come into the very presence of God personally. We personally, we ourselves can, as an individual, come into the presence of God. My series, my message to you today is praying boldly, because the Bible says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace listen we have God has made for us a way to approach him very different than the Old Testament he's made a way for us where he's issued an invitation for us he wants us to pray he wants us to draw into his presence he wants to hear our voices raised in adoration and supplication to him. We can pray boldly. First of all, for those of you who have your worship guide open, when I say first of all, that means this is the first blank to fill in. We can worship, or I'm sorry, we can pray boldly because of Jesus, our high priest. Consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. Book of Hebrews chapter 3. Chapter 2, it said, for this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way. That speaks of why Jesus came in the flesh. Corey, if Jesus had not come, he could not die for our sins. He had to be like us. That's the law of the kinsman redeemer. He became flesh so that he could become A merciful and faithful high priest in service to God. And that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Just like the Old Testament priest went into the temple, Brandon, and and sprinkled the blood on the mercy seat. Jesus died, shed his blood for our sins and then ascended on high to the real Holy of holies into the presence of God the Father to make atonement for our sins. Bottom line, young people, they're looking at me, I like that. What that means is God has done all that has to be done for you to be saved. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to be good enough. You just have to believe in Jesus Christ. Admit to Him that you cannot be good enough. And admit that He is the Son of God. And call on Him for salvation. It's that simple. Some people think it's too easy. Cherry, they, they, they think salvation can't be that easy. And so they refuse to call. They want to do it themselves. And then, Danette, they find out how easy it really is to live a perfect life. Not... You can't do it yourself. We have to depend upon our Savior, the high priest who himself was the offering. He didn't just make an offering. He was the offering. He died so that he could be a high priest before us, representing us to God, seeing then that we have a great high priest. Notice that a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. Now, for those of you who read the Bible a lot and interested in the Bible, that is the key phrase for the book of Hebrews. That's what the book of Hebrews is all about. Hold on to your confession. Don't go back to Judaism. Hold on to your Christian confession and your faith in Christ. That's not our focus, but that won't cost you any more in the sermon today. But a great high priest... He is great because he's a compassionate, a sympathetic high priest. When we think of God, some people have an idea of God that he is a lightning bolt thrower. That he is angry, that he's mean, and that he is harsh. But understand, God is love. He loves you so much that He gave His only Son to die for you. And that Son is now a compassionate High Priest who understands our weaknesses. For He faced all the same testings and trials that we do. Yet, He did not sin. He understands your weakness. When you come to Him, He doesn't rebuke you. He receives you. With mercy, with grace, with forgiveness. He is compassionate. Not only is he great because he's compassionate, he's great because he's a resurrected high priest. Therefore, he's also able to save them to the uttermost who come to God through him, since he always lives. Now, that's compared to the high priest of the Old Testament who died, and then another came, and he died, and another, and another, and another. But Jesus Christ, our resurrected Savior, is always there forever before the Father on your behalf and on my behalf as a high priest representing us before the Father. He always lives to make intercession for them. He's great because He he passed through the veil of the heavens, the blue veil on the temple That temple uh, between the holy place and the holy of holies. The, The high priest passed through that veil. In order to enter the presence of God with the blood of bulls and goats. To make atonement for the people. But that was just a shadow. That was an example. That was a figure of speech for what is real. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, died for our sins. He passed through the veil, the blue veil of the heavens, to ascend to the Father, into the real holy of holies, to stand before Him. He is the great high priest because He is the real high priest, the only begotten Son of God, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is great because He is the Son of God. We have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Listen, Jesus died, rose again, and ascended to heaven so that we could pray with confidence. He made the way for us. It's a wonder then that people don't pray. It's a wonder that we don't pray boldly. You can pray to God with confidence. Because our high priest is not a person of flesh and blood, but of glorified flesh and blood. He took back on the glory that he had before. He is Jesus, the Son of God. Then we can pray boldly because of the veil of his flesh. This is sort of an odd thing. A statement in the book of Hebrews. Consider the apostle and high priest of our confession. Christ Jesus the righteous. Therefore brethren having boldness to enter the holiest. By the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way. Which he consecrated for us. Through the veil that is his flesh. Now that, that's a difficult statement. The, the veil is His flesh, He paid for our access with His own blood. And by giving His body on the Christ, that, that gift of His death, that sacrifice, earns us the way into the very presence of the Father. There's not a physical veil that we can see that we pass through but rather we enter because of His death. Through His death, Christ became a highway to God, paved by His blood. I, I thought about saying, Don, a superhighway. But That would be appropriate, because the way is unencumbered. Do you understand, I, I tried to paint a picture, I, I never feel like I could do it adequately, I tried to paint a picture of how there were barriers, barriers, barriers in the old way, in the Old Testament. But Larry, those barriers are done away by Jesus Christ, and the way is thrown open wide. Never hesitate to pray. There is nothing too small for his attention, there is nothing trivial. That you will bring to him. And believe me. There is nothing so big. That he can't handle it. Be bold. Be regular. Pray boldly. We can pray boldly. Because of the throne of grace. It says let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Now if you're thinking about. That throne of grace. I want you to think about the person on the throne. We're talking about the throne of God, the Creator God, the one who made us, the one who is all powerful. I asked my class this morning, the Barnabas class, uh, we were talking about the ACTS uh, plan of praying. You begin with adoration and then you follow with confession and then thanksgiving, and then supplication. That's a good outline for prayer, and that'll, that'll help you when you're praying, if you can just remember that acronym. But I asked them, what are some of the ways that we can adore God? Different class members talked about uh, that God is ever-present, that God is all-powerful, that God is eternal. I tell you what, you want to know what God is like? Read the Psalms. Read David. It'll thrill your heart as he lifts his voice and lifts his eyes to the heavens. And he describes the majesty of God. That's who we're talking about. We have the opportunity. We have the opportunity to step into the very presence of the God who made us. That is incredible. And we don't even die. In the Old Testament, if it had done that, they would have died. But we are allowed to step into his presence. He who has all power, all honor, all glory, all righteousness, all wisdom. Notice the throne. When you talk about a throne, you're talking about the seat of power. The place where the king receives request. That throne is a special place. You think about the king uh, in olden days and his subjects coming to him, bowing in fear, bowing in reverence, and asking for relief from taxes, asking for the freedom of someone who's been imprisoned or enslaved. That is the throne we're talking about, but that's the idea of the throne. That's what a throne means But we're talking about the very throne of God himself. That we are allowed to come to his throne. And it's not, Chris, a throne of judgment. Praise God. It is a throne of grace. A throne of grace. That's when when you're praying That's the image you need to have in your head that this is God and He's sitting on His throne, but it's a throne of grace. I remember, I've heard people talk about somebody who was a good prayer. That is, they they were good at praying. and, And they were obviously practiced at it. I like to hear people pray, Gail, who are used to praying. And I don't know, there's just something about people who pray like that. We used to say, that old boy got down on his knees and grabbed hold of the legs of the throne of God. Do you know you have that privilege? Grant, I remember the story about the pastor called on a deacon one time after the service to close the service in prayer. And the old boy fell on his knees, on his face before God and began to call out to the God of heaven and it was like he did indeed, just grab hold of the legs of the throne of God. He, as he was praying, the Spirit began to move in the church, and, and people started weeping. Folks got saved. I mean, revival broke out. On the way out of the building, one of the other deacons said to the pastor, said, I'd like to hear old Jacob pray, but he ain't much for dismissing. Would to God that we would be on our knees before God and grab hold of the legs of the throne of God and we would see a movement of the Spirit of God in our church, in our nation, in our homes and revival, real Spirit-led revival would break out. Our nation needs revival. Our churches need revival. Families today need revival. I don't know about you, but I need revival. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's don't just talk about prayer. Let's don't just teach about prayer. Let's get on our knees before God and pray boldly for a movement of the Spirit of God. Lord, we need revival. We need revival. The throne of grace. We can pray boldly because of mercy and grace in the time of need. That throne of grace is a place that when we go in time of need, we can obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Oh, listen, we need mercy. I don't want justice. I don't want what I deserve. I want mercy from God and forgiveness from God. I need His grace. I need His mercy. I need His grace. Notice that that grace is to help in time of need. How do you make it through ankle replacement surgery? How do you make it through the death of a loved one? How do you make it through the split of a family? How do you make it through? How do you make it through COVID-19? By the grace of God. His grace and His mercy are always available. God is always timely. He answers. And He gives grace at the right time, every time. He's never late. Though we may think He is, He is never late. Pray. Pray boldly. And find mercy and help in time of need. Pray. Pray. Pray for our nation, pray for our church, for goodness sake pray for your pastor. Pray for souls to be saved, pray for rededication, pray for people to come and join with us to serve God. Pray for the advance of the kingdom of God throughout the world. Pray. Do not pray with fear. Pray with respect, but pray boldly. We've been given that privilege. Don't pray with hesitancy. Pray boldly. We need prayer.